welcome to Surf Stories, the podcast brought to you by the Florida Surf Film Festival. I'm John Brooks, and with me as always is co-host Kevin Miller. What's up, John? How are you doing? I'm doing great today, and uh, yeah, today we've got an international episode with Canadian filmmaker Ben Gulliver. The international language of love. <laughs> yeah. What you're trying to say is uh, it transcends borders. You know, somehow he made it to the United States during these COVID times, and we were happy to join him down in Jupiter, Florida. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, Ben's parents uh, live down in Jupiter, and that's not too far of a drive uh, for Kevin and I, so we uh, linked up and went down there and uh, spent a nice evening with Ben and his folks and uh, recorded the podcast. And um, yeah, yeah, it was cool. We had some interesting stories about uh, some of the film work that Ben has done over the years, and uh Specifically, uh, he talks about Balaram Stack, who is uh, a surfer from New York that he's uh, working on a film with uh, that should be coming up here in the next year. So sometimes referred to as Ball. Yeah. So in the in the podcast, yeah, when you hear him refer to Ball, he's talking about Balaram Stack. It's a pretty so. baller nickname, if you don't, <laughs> yeah. if you do ask me. But uh, yeah, I wanted to say also that I'm a little groggly today. I. Uh, Closed down Mercs last night with the one and only Dave Sokol. So, uh, you know, played pool. Big we tried one-to-one. Um, I told him you guys kicked my ass all over the pool table down in uh, Panama. So I actually <laughs> played pretty well, and I don't know how he still beat me. Nice, yeah. nice. Uh, he's, he's a shark. He's an absolute pool shark. You don't live in Bali for as long as he did and not come out with some skills like that. Yeah, he's already headed back there to, on Thursday, I think. So uh, he might actually get to see the one and only Juliet here soon. So nice, yeah. nice. Well, cool. Yeah, we're uh, we're thrilled to have a chat with Ben and uh, catch up with uh, what he's been doing the last couple of years and see what he's got coming down the pipe. So um, yeah, enjoy this episode with uh, Ben Gulliver. breathworks and like he does ice baths but he's like really into breathwork stuff and i know he's good at it because when he came to canada we went on a boat trip a couple summers ago and just for fun wasn't like a surf trip and some one of my buddies on the trip we were up like some river mouth and swimming in these waterfalls yeah my friend dropped his phone in like a like 30 foot deep like pool yeah and it was like pitch black and he was like oh it's gone and ball was like oh no i'll find it and literally, and literally he dove down and like was underwater for like three minutes and we were all like where is this guy like we thought he was like dead yeah and he came up with the phone sick yeah and sick. everyone was like he was like a legend yeah was, like a legend was born from this because everyone i was with didn't know anything about surfing and then they were just like oh ben's friend and then after all that happened they were like they were like follow him on instagram so I'm like, oh that dude's a professional surfer and like oh shit yeah oh that's cool yeah he was I think like, he could spend a lot of time underwater. Yeah. Spe- speaking of that, like, have you ever filmed much in like the big wave arena? Like, um, big, like 30, you know, 20, 30 foot plus. Not really. No. Off of this jet ski, but maybe like Mulligmore. Oh, oh okay. Um, would be like the biggest, but no, I'd like to, I would really like to, but I don't really like, I don't know if I, I think I'd like to go to like jaws or something just to feel it and see it. But I don't necessarily think I need to like film it because so many people are sure. And I just want to like experience it, but I'm yeah, no, I haven't really filmed in 
I went to Ship Stearns once, but it wasn't that crazy. But no, I'd love to. I'd definitely love to just like experience it and feel that like power. Yeah. Up close. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's where I'm at. I have no desire to surf stuff like yeah, that. No. But yeah, I'd love to I'd love to sit in the lineup and Yeah, I'd love to see it, but I, I don't like I don't go crazy watching it, I feel like even when I see it in films and stuff, like it's not as fun to watch for for me personally. Yeah. Seeing like guys snowboard down the side of like a you know, a mountain of water. Yeah. But there's guys like Russell Bjork and stuff where I'm like, that's crazy when you see yeah, like Mullig Moore and and ship turns and stuff where you just see like massive barrels and some of the things that people are doing at jaws yeah actually i just saw online they're gonna run that uh their that red bull cape fear yeah, event cape again fear. at ours yeah and yeah that that kind of that's entertaining that, that's more entertaining that's to me than like 40 50 foot you know where yeah. it's like a slalom yeah although i will say um watching kai lenny at nazar yeah like i could watch that totally. that guy that guy's doing like chop ops yeah. on 40 foot waves 100 <laughs> percent. i mean it's all amazing yeah. i'm sure if i was there i'd be like i'd feel lucky to be there but yeah i haven't like thrown myself at those opportunities yeah but it's definitely like i don't know i'd be terrified because they went out to i was supposed to go out one time and film at like himalayas it's that like giant left. Yeah. Yep, yep. And and then I saw those guys when that huge jet ski, like oh, you see the jet that, ski yeah, launch, huge, yeah, like jet ski launch, or whatever. Like that day is like a day that I think that if I was there, I probably would have been out there because Ball was out. Yeah, and and I would have probably gone, and I probably would have been absolutely terrified. Yeah, because that whole thing just closed out. Yeah, and obviously, I think Ryan Moss was like in hospital or someone. One of those. Yeah, I those... think I think that he was a guy on the back of that ski that yeah. launched, and he fractured some vertebrae. Yeah, back. yeah, yeah. So I know that I talked to like Cam Richards was out that day, and I think he was also involved in some way, or was right there, and it sounded terrifying. Yeah. And I'm not that person at all who's like <laughs> gonna survive. Yeah, it was crazy because when that clip first came out. Everybody's, you know, it was all over Instagram, it was all over the internet, and people are laughing at it, going, oh, look at that ski launched, you know? And yeah. then they're like, hey, that dude broke his back. Yeah. And then yeah. it's like, oh, oh, yeah, like that's a real, that's a, yeah. you see John and, and some of those guys, Cole Rothman and those guys, they, they play with those waves like, like yeah. they're six footers. But it's, yeah, I mean. It's no joke. It's no joke. It's kind of amazing that more people don't, uh, yeah, even at, meet even their at, demise. like pipe, swimming at pipe is, it is scary as shit too. Yeah. And especially when you're just like not experienced and you're like, don't want to embarrass yourself by getting in the way or <laughs> sure. Drowning. You know? Yeah. I feel like that would be super embarrassing yeah. to there's, drown. There's too many, there's, there's too many like qualified guys around to, for me yeah. to put myself in certain positions. But like, if you're in the channel somewhere and you're on a ski or a boat and you're just, you know, watching the biggest waves, the planet scene that would probably be amazing yeah now this is a question i've always wanted to ask a photographer and i just thought of it in the presence of a photographer filmer so yeah i'm i'm excited to ask this so in the lineup at a place like pipe there's a full pecking order we were talking about this earlier there's a full pecking order even a guy like ball is going to go out and maybe catch you know one wave an hour yeah something like that but if it's a really good one john's going to go in front of him or koa or one of those yeah. guys is there that same pecking order uh, from a film oh, photographer 100%, basis? 
Like, are you guys jockeying in the channel the, I, the I same so. way the surfers are jockeying at the peak? Is it? Um, I have seen it many times, and I've definitely been that person who was. I've definitely been on trips where I'm like, "Hey, this is a filming trip, and I don't want the photographer in the water right in front of me." Yeah, it's different when someone's shooting fisheye because that's like that's different. Sure, and. If you're filming fisheye and you're going to be in the barrel or whatever, in the lip or wherever, then that's fine because you deserve to be there if you're going to shoot fisheye. Sure. But if you're shooting like 50 mil and I'm shooting 50 mil and you're sitting sort of like in front of me, then yeah, I'll probably like tell somebody to not do that. But if it's like a, if someone's like, we're here to get photos or whatever the, the goal of it is, it's like, then you just jock for, you know, position. Yeah to get your job done and i've definitely had that too where even at the wave pool where i was like filming something at the wave pool with with chippa wilson and ryan mack was like up on the thing on the back and he had like a flash going Uh uh-huh and i was like monsters paying for this and we're doing a video so you got you can't run the flash yeah or like or like let's get some clips and then you can run the flash and go back up on the deck was that at texas yeah 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 at the bsr yeah yeah and that's like a painful thing to do is ask somebody who's also trying to do something whatever creative or get some get something done but it's ultimately it's like who's who's paying for it whoever you're going yeah and i mean somewhere like pipe is definitely like i would have no idea i'm sure there's a crazy there's definitely a pecking order there for filmers and photographers but there's also such a huge playing field it's weird like you think that everyone just sort of gets like spat out at the same spot but it seems to be like a huge playing field of where you could be sitting that's why it's a scary place to shoot because you could just be in the wrong spot and like getting in the way of somebody you don't want to get in the way of or yeah just right in the closeout i can remember like uh, it's been a while ago but um i can remember seeing a shot that they ran in surfer magazine back when magazine still existed yeah um but there was a shot of Surfer Mag, and it was a guy at Pipe just getting a dreamy, massive, you know, 15-foot cavern. And there's a photographer that's, like, probably six or seven feet in front of the photographer who took the picture. Yeah. And he's out of focus, and the surfer's in focus, and they're like – and it was an example of, like, hey, this, is, this picture has been ruined mm. by that. And then – so then I – ever since I saw that, I always wondered, I'm like – you know, so I, I imagine like the guys in the lineup are, you know, if you if you misbehave or do something inappropriate, you're going to get beat down on the beach. Has a photographer, a photographer ever gotten beat down on the beach? I'm sure it's happened. I mean, <laughs> even in Canada, I know a ph- photographer who will happily tell the other three photographers in the channel or whatever, wherever they're sitting to like get behind him or move out of the way oh nice because it's like and they know because they're like oh he's the vet and the vet is gets uh gets to make the call is his name marcus paladino no okay <laughs> marcus i'm marcus is actually probably one of the dudes who's been told to get out of the way but now he's probably telling other people to get out of the way nice so everyone's nice. everyone slowly makes their way up until they like are too old to uh go shoot surfing every day sure sure so I'm trying to think, uh, what was the year, Kevin, that Ben was out for the festival with Seawolf? 18, February, 18? or 19? Jeez. 
I want to say 18. I think it was, say, 18. it was 18. Yeah. Because we did Boogeyman. In oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. We yeah. did Boogeyman in 19. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you came out to the, the festival in 18, and uh, we showed Seawolf, and um, just a, it was a fantastic movie. And uh, I think you, you took that kind of on a, a pretty good tour around of festivals. Yeah, and thanks. I mean, thanks to you guys, too, to do the Florida thing, which was so much fun. And I had so much fun when you guys invited me out, and we did all that. Um, I just had such a great time. Oh, sure. Yeah, no, yeah. We're, we're stoked to have you. Yeah, that was so great. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we saw you then. And then the, the next year, um, we didn't get to have you out to the festival, but we showed uh, Boogeyman. Yeah. Which was a bit a little bit of a departure for yeah. you. From... And probably edited three times since then, 100% <laughs> a completely different movie now. Oh, no way. <laughs> because I sent you guys a, like our like first draft because I was like, I just wanted to send something. And it was sort of the same draft that went out to like the network that originally had sort of funded it. But then it just like, yeah, it just got cut m- m- hugely into sort of diff- a different thing because, uh, well, frankly, I just didn't like it and it was sort of rushed. But yeah, I just sent you guys, I was like, well, I got something now at least that's like maybe watchable. So I sent it to you. But, no, um, what's funny is that it was actually a huge hit at really? the festival. Yeah, like people were so stoked. Yeah, um, and I and I do think part of that is because it's a departure. Yeah, it you know, but um, and and we talked about this when we were talking to you about the film. The hardest thing to do is to make a funny anything. Yeah, whether whether it's a a funny comment, a funny picture, a funny film. Yeah, but man, it really came across like oh, that's so great. And yeah, I've, pe- I, people I haven't were, watched it since then. Oh, I mean, I watched not that version. Because I was so like, I don't know, just like when you make stuff like that, it's really, yeah, it was really challenging to figure out the timing of everything. And then like also just doing music for it and all this stuff was like, that was a tricky project and a huge learning experience for me, like a massive learning experience, just also in terms of working with people and how to navigate working with friends and, and all that. I've seen some of your other efforts at narrative, and yeah. they're hilarious. And I mean, the Wes <laughs> Anderson you. nature. I mean, you do have a, uh, a sardonic is the word. I don't know if that's the word or not, but you know what I'm saying. You have this sense of humor that you brought with you in 2018. Everybody got to, you know, experience it in the Q and A's, and it came across in the movie too, like Boogeyman. Yeah, and that's what I think caught everybody off guard. You know, that's that was your sense of humor on the screen although you may not have felt like it executed perfectly yeah. it felt like oh yeah you know this is exactly like the 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 you know the keystone cops or, wh- or yeah. whatever you call it the these guys who yeah were yeah great dialogue there and i don't know i yeah. thought it was a bit i had another guy from another film festival ask me to get in touch with you oh really he wanted to show it and oh that's great COVID. i mean yeah i'd love to send you guys even the the latest version of it but yeah just kind of had a tricky sort of uh release because we were dealing with a network and um we were there's certain things we weren't allowed to like have it and this and that i don't know there was there was a bit of censorship censorship stuff and then uh i also was just busy with other things and i felt like i kind of rushed it but i really appreciate that and i appreciate that that anybody uh, took time to watch it and enjoy it it was yeah, um, no, it, it was a huge hit at the at the festival. Like pe- people were stoked on it. I needed be... that too. It was kind of one of those things that was like we needed a break from 
Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, a, a lot of surf movies are so serious. Yeah. <laughs> and this was just fun. You know, it was entertaining. But it was, but it was a, it was real. From from a surfer's perspective, like Hollywood has tried surf movies and they yeah. get it so so wrong. Yeah. And um, so yeah, this was like a a taste of like that type of a movie, but with real surfers and and filmed by somebody who films surf movies. And um, so yeah, so we showed that in 2019, and then um, you know the last time that we had uh, kind of talked to you, you were uh, just getting ready to start on Ballerum's. Uh, kind of biopic yeah. and 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 uh, so yeah, kind of tell us what ha- what happened, you know, with that. Yeah, we started. I don't remember how the conversation started, but I pitched a ball to Ballram at some point, doing a film about him. And originally, it was kind of just going to be like a an edit where we were just going to do like a surf edit. And then New Era was like, well, we want to do that. And I was like, okay, well, maybe we'll do this new thing, thing with New Era because Ball's on New Era. Mm-hmm. And then we just decided to do that with them. And then I was like, well, let's do something that we can be more experimental with and spend more time on and be really excited about that Ballram can also have like a stake in if we're going to like distribute it and sell it and like put it on iTunes and like Ball can make some money off of it too um, because the surf industry is just like cutthroat to, <laughs> yeah. to surfers and – Ballram's a wonderful human being and I care about him and wanted him to be successful with something that he would be putting a lot of effort into. Sure. And so we started this project, which really started with me going to like Connecticut to like a family reunion (laughs) where I just sort of met all of Ball's sort of cousins and aunts and uncles. And like, it seems like everyone on the East Coast has a million family members but he introduced me to everybody and they were amazing and I did some interviews and I just spent time with his family and learned about Ballaram and spent a lot of time in Point Lookout where his mom lives and where he kind of spends a lot of time too and, and got to know his mom who is like just an integral part of his life and raised him by herself um, and, you know, really gave him the... Uh, a lot of the opportunities that he's been able to have because she was driving him to the beach. She was taking him to California to compete in, um, I don't know what they have down there, some sort of like... Uh, NSSA. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Either NSSA or WSA, yeah. Yeah, so she was taking him to California. You know, she was helping him make sponsor me tapes for the local surf shop who then those guys helped him get a sponsor and... Then all of a sudden he was, as a young kid, a Grom going to Hawaii and going to Indonesia and doing all these surf trips and like living this dream. And, you know, it all really comes back to, you know, his mom and him and, and they're sort of, they're unified and her name's Mary. And so we decided to make the movie kind of about that. Oh, cool. And, and their relationship a bit and him growing up and and so that's the, where that's where the hail mary yeah that's where hail mary is. comes oh, from okay yeah. see I, I was actually thinking it was more like what's the likelihood of a guy from new york becoming a famous yeah. professional surfer no it's it's, it's like the hail mary yeah but, oh that that's even better and it's also kind of his surfing style too yeah because after doing trips with him and you know being friends with him and seeing him surf is like he really is the guy who will sit deeper 
and throw himself over the ledge, you know, and that is, um, invaluable in surfing because I filmed with a lot of surfers and some people can do amazing things by like not taking those chances and, and playing it safe. But you really like see some incredible things like Molly Moore is a great example. You know, in that, in that new era video, we had, we went to do a Seawolf premiere in London, England. And then somebody in Ireland was like, you should come over here and catch some waves in Mulligmore. So we went from London, which that was just an amazing premiere. We wanted to experience that. Yeah. And so we just went straight from London to Ireland, no boards, no nothing, (laughs) no wetsuit, no nothing. And showed up there and I can't remember who I want to say like Connor is an Irish Big, big wave surfer out Richard there. Fitzgerald. Connor McGeary? Oh, Connor yeah. McGuire. McGuire? Yep. Okay. Sorry. Yep. Excuse me for that. But he, they gave Ball, we just showed up. They gave Ball a board. They gave him a vest. They gave him a suit. They gave him everything. Wow. And he paddled out. And literally, this is this place is terrifying. Like, yeah. this yeah. wave's like, you know, like 40 feet and like, and the wind's like off, but into it. And like, I've this, shot that place before from land, for the record. Yeah, and he safety. He went out and like got like the wave of the day oh, after getting sick. like closed <laughs> out on and pummeled and sent like fifty feet deep. Yeah, like he got punished out there, and he got like the wave of the day. Wow. And like, I don't know. Just this dude is this dude is crazy. He's really like, I mean, he's certainly no amateur when it comes to you know. Uh, navigating the ocean and and staying alive <laughs> you know it's crazy like he's crazy he really he he's uh ballsy that's Ball, one, one of the balls ballsy Ball, yeah ballsy that's one of those uh, fortune favors the bold uh, yeah, scenarios for sure. yeah yeah it's funny we were actually in our in our previous uh podcast episode we were talking to keith malloy and he was talking about when he had first gone to to ireland and uh surfed uh Mulligmore. yeah and uh, yeah, same thing. Just said, man, that that wave is no joke, mm-hmm. no joke at all. No, it's terrifying. So, so yeah, so we ran into ball in Hawaii in December of 2019, and he we talked to him about the Hail Mary project, and he was excited about it and was saying, you know, hey, we're yeah, me and Ben are you know going to start working on this and mm-hmm. and getting ready to do do some trips and. You guys were in the planning phase of that, yeah. and and as I understand it, your first trip for that project was right when we went into the lockdown for yeah. the pandemic. Yeah, T- tell went, us about that. We went to Scotland on, I think we left on March 9th. I want to say it was March 9th, and it was there was rumblings of coronavirus, and we were, we knew it was a thing, but it was kind of like maybe going to be one of these things that just sort of dissipates yeah so me ball around pat schmidt and nate leal all got tickets to scotland we flew in during like the flight like everything changed like we literally landed and it was like there could be a travel ban the country might be closed the borders might be closed and like you might not even be able to get back into the u.s or canada wow and we knew this was like a thing but we were like we got to keep the course we're at the airport renting a car yeah and we had some kerfuffle with the van where i don't know it was a mess but we ended up we ended up getting a van 
we drove like five or six hours north to the the highlands up in the north of scotland we got in a house um whatever we woke up the next morning and it was just like perfect at this right slab that we were we were trying to get and we went out we got a few clips come back for lunch and then we're watching tv at lunch and it's really like boom travel ban coronavirus everyone's dying the world is over um we should probably go home uh. and so we all started we were only supposed to be there for like a week and a half or something but we all decided that we should just get tickets and go home before like the travel ban is you know uh, i don't remember exactly what day the travel ban started but we were trying to get home like the day before the day of that wow so we just booked tickets home which were not for the next day but the day after so we had one day which was supposed to be kind of a lay day because it was we were coming at the end of a swell and then there was another big swell coming yeah so we ended up surfing like some shitty waves in the morning i think we drove back so i think we surfed like a day and a half oh and we checked this one really crazy slab like 12 times and it was actually very doable that was just doable it was like it's almost on dry reef uh-huh and it's very gnarly maybe seen this this boogie border this body border ben player I think he got like airlifted out of it at some oh, point because like it's so it's heavy. But if you get a clip, if you get into one and get out of it, it's like an ender. Like you could have it at the end. It's like a, it's a Surfer's Journal cover. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> like it's a it's an amazing wave, but it is like onto pretty dry reef, and there's a bit of a clamp situation. So we ball was like every time we were like he's like okay i'm getting my shit on i'm going out should i fuck we'd watch one and it would just like fully eat itself uh. or it would just like it would just close out or something and then so it'd always be like a good one that would like spit and look doable and then there'd be as we were going back to the car to like suit up we'd see like one that would potentially like have to you know send you you'd have to be airlifted out wow like there wasn't like a there was no escape from it really it didn't go into like deep water again or anything it just went like dry reef and so we were really close and that's what we went there for was for that slab but it just was like a little bit too risky for the timing we were like you don't want to get injured here and then we just kind of made the responsible call and anyway long story short (laughs) long story long um we ended up heading home and the, the boys went back to new york and nate went back to southern california and I went back to Canada. And that might be I, the first responsible call ever made on a surf trip. Yeah, I'm, no. I'm just saying. <laughs> but Ball would be the guy to not to be like, fuck it, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And he knows we're like trying to get clips. We've come a long way. And he knows that if he gets into one and comes out of it, that it's going to be like a really good clip. He, just, he only has to get one even. But, yeah, it just was like with the pandemic – also this crazy thing surging i feel like everyone's minds were just like it was hard to be focused on what we were doing we we're like we should just probably go home to our families if that's as bad as they say yeah it was crazy me and a couple buddies um at back home we we actually had we had planned this trip for probably a month but we went to nicaragua the first week of march yeah or no it was like the last two days of february and the first week of march and uh yeah we went down to like our favorite little zone in in northern nicaragua and 
while we were there, it was the same type of thing. Like people were talking about like, Hey, this might happen and you might, you, maybe you should leave now and you might not be able to leave if you stay leaving your trip. And we made the horrible decision to stay and, but we got fortunate and we, we came home, I think on March 7th. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, just dumb luck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like at the beginning it was really, there was just such a great like unknown of like what, how bad is, is this, is this going to wipe out like half of the earth's population? Like what are we really yeah. looking at? I mean, for me, I just, we just didn't really know at the beginning. So it was, we were like, let's go home and lock down. I came back to Vancouver and my uh, girlfriend was like, she was working at the time and she was like, you have to come home and quarantine because you're coming from Europe and I have to go to work. And if I'm living with you, I have to quarantine with you. And she's like, I don't know if I can do that. I got to work. I can't take 14 days off because yeah. you're quarantining. And by the next morning, the morning after I got there, her work was closed fully. Wow. Like by the next morning. Wow. So I flew in. She was like, I don't know how this is going to work. Next morning, we're all out of work. We're not, we're all not going back to the office for like four months. So it was, everything was happening really fast and it was all like, well, I was on that Scotland trip and I remember going to the airport and just having this horrible feeling in my stomach that I just knew I was like, why am I going to Scotland right now? Like this is, mm. but then looking back at it now, I was like, damn, we should just stay there for like a month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, there's actually some, some really great stories about people in that similar situation. Um, one of them is uh, Costa Rica pro uh, guy Anthony Fillingame he was in the Mentawise at Kandui Resort um, he had been there for a week he was supposed to be there for I think three and and Ray that guy that runs Kandui Resort was like hey like looks like we're you know you, you kind of got a choice to make like you can go home today the boat's leaving mm -hmm. and if you stay don't know don't know how long you're going to be here yeah. but you're welcome to stay and he ended up having to stay there for I think three months and just got the way of like his life. responsibilities or a job. I mean, he's a pro surfer, so okay, no, no, you so know, yeah. no responsibilities, yeah. that, but that sounds sweet. If you're like single and no responsibilities. Yeah. I mean, but I, I, I'd actually love to talk to him because I'm like, dude, you're ruined for any other surf trip ever. Yeah, for sure. Like the guy just was surfing by yourself, 10 foot can left by himself. Just quit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean like for three months he's doing that. Like, how do you ever go on a surf trip again? Like, He'll, yeah. Every surf trip he goes on, he'll be like, did I ever tell you guys about the time <laughs> yeah. that I was in Canada? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you told us. You told us. It was all over the media. Yeah. You, know? you told us. <laughs> You've been telling us every time we go anywhere. So so what, where are you at in the with the project with uh, with Ballroom? Um, there's, there's a few things left to do, but honestly, it's like kind of yeah, at the point where like, well, let's, let's do what we can with what we have, but that's not a great promotion. <laughs> um, uh, I, I think it there's some I, I'm just I really hope that there's tr like some travel restrictions are lifted in the next like six months and then we I think can still do a lot of things we plan on doing which are like sort of integral but not necessarily surf related um, and if we can I'm, I'm sure that it, I'm sure that will be done in the next six months. I'll just say that. How nice was it to take a break from surf <laughs> movie making and focus on other stuff for a little bit? 
I don't know. I feel like the surf movie making is always like the best part of like what I do because I shoot so much other stuff outside of surfing that's like kind of not mundane but not that same like there's a there's a weird I'm, I don't know if this goes for everybody I feel like it does for people who are into surfing or who are into uh, uh, like snowboarding or all these sports that are condition related but like there's a real sensation to like trying to get something and it actually working out and getting it like good waves somewhere where you oh, just yeah. like are traveling halfway across the world and you're enduring like some annoying sort of travel yes you get to experience a lot but usually you're like trying to get waves and a lot of times it just doesn't quite work out the way you want and but when it does it's like the best sensation ever whereas like if you're shooting a music video or a commercial it's usually like maybe a couple of days or like a week tops it's not like something where you're you know it's kind of like a game of soccer like the the goal when a goal happens it's it's an orgasm almost. Yeah. It's kind of like, oh my god, all that release. Yeah, you know, it's unbelievable. And when you score on a surf, it's similar. Yeah. And then, okay, so when you're shooting an Audi commercial or whatever. It's yeah, when you're shooting deal. a commercial, you're like trying to please a client, and it's really nice when you get into that zone where you're pleasing the client, but you also really love the content. Yeah. But a lot of times, you're just like maybe shooting something that you don't love the con the context of it. Yeah. But you're just like, well, this is a this is a good job and then surfing is like well i probably am not gonna make a ton of money off this but i love the like content i love the context or like whatever it is you know you love like you know the people and the places and the search and you don't really care if people watch it because you're just trying to get the experience of of you know the surfing but also the photography and filmmaking which i love so the two things joined together, these two things that you love so much with your friends, I don't think that there's any job better than that. Did you run out to Tofino at all just to kind of... I went out any- to Tofino once in the summer when, when COVID was like really minimal up in British Columbia. And it was so amazing. It was just the best. It's yeah. on the list. I have not yeah, it's, been there. And uh, I take it. Well, tell me about what's what's so great about Tofino. Tofino is just like, I don't know. You just, it's the Pacific Northwest, you know, like you can imagine the pine trees and these big beaches, but it's also just like curated, like awesomeness with the food and the accommodation and the beaches are just these big, massive, flat you know white sand beaches with you know amazing not amazing waves the waves are not are not good but there's always waves right and i don't know there's just something about that area it's just beautiful there's whales and orcas and and wolves and bears and all this like there's a lot to do and see it kind of feels like a yeah it's like a pacific northwest paradise because it's like out on an island and i don't know well, I mean, it's like kind of like Nova Scotia in a weird way too. I've never, I've never been to Tofino, but I have been to Nova Scotia, Cape Breton, and all that. And it may not be the same landscape, but what I'm thinking is, it's just kind of away from everything. It has this Irish feel to it, yeah, in a weird way. Tofino's is like a huge tourist destination, though. So it, it, oh, okay. The time that you want to be there, which is in the summer, where the sun like comes up at seven and goes down at eleven is like those days are amazing because you can surf four times in a day and you know have these breaks between that you just are hanging out on the beach drinking beer in the sunshine um 
but there's like a billion other people who have the same idea mm. and it's like on a peninsula and it's a tiny town and there's only so much space to go around so at some point it like starts to feel like Woodstock or something but if you can time it right and get good weather it's like no other place but not necessarily for surfing like if you're trying to get good waves that's not the good place it's not a good place right on and um, what about your COVID schedule what happened um, as a surf filmmaker and also a working commercial I take it cameraman slash camera yeah, cinematographer, they cinematographer call it, director exactly. of photography thank you yep. all right yeah so as a DP on regular commercials and other you, you had mentioned earlier something about working on features do you want to give us a lowdown yeah I mean I worked on a few features this summer and it was awesome because it, there's just a lot of problem solving and there's a lot of um, I don't know it's just interesting watching people perform too like I had moments where I would be like filming a scene where somebody's crying and I'd be getting like choked up behind the camera and I'd be like damn this is like these people are good at what they do so I want to be good at what I do and I want to enhance the story and it's a much longer schedule it's a much longer process and you just like get deep into it and it becomes this big collaborative thing that's just yeah it's fun like it's fun and challenging and like exhausting and exhilarating and I'm sure that eventually it becomes a job as well but like I really like features can we know the titles or is that uh, super super Um, stuff uh, I don't know right now I feel like it's maybe a bit early gotcha but yeah this was all in Vancouver Uh, yeah they're both they're both filmed uh, in British Columbia not in Vancouver but this summer they were both filmed in British Columbia okay yeah Nice, nice. And did have you done any sort of like surf uh, filmography over, no, I just, over the pandemic? I have, I have like edits of stuff that I filmed before the pandemic that I literally, the one I put out was one that Chippa was surfing wave pool, which was like all pink. And that was probably in May or something of like 2020. Yeah. And then I have another one that's like Pete DeVries and Chippa Wilson from a Canada trip that I just like never put an edit out for. It was filmed right before the pandemic. Okay. And I've had so much time to finish it and do it. And I just have not, I've just (laughs) put it off, but yeah, I have a, I have like a bunch of really good clips of a few days in Canada with uh, Chippa and Pete DeVries um, that I, that I'll probably put out in the next like month or something. I've just been like sitting on it. It's actually pretty much done. I just am lazy (laughs) and I haven't been watching surfing. So I'm not like, I forget that like people care maybe enough to watch it. I feel like, I don't know. I'd put it out and then like five people watch it and I'd be like, damn it. I worked on that for like three weeks. Yeah. 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 No, it's, it's, uh, it's been interesting. Like through the pandemic, how like we get motivated at certain things and then just so unmotivated at others. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I think we've probably all gone through like being super healthy and then also being like, pretty much a drunk and then like you know like going <laughs> yeah. through the waves of like what do i do with myself yeah but, you're like one week i'm a crossfit guy yeah and next week i'm a professional chef and, but <laughs> i think we'll all find a perfect balance we'll strike a perfect balance within our the insanities of the pandemic because yeah i know that i've like fully been on the verge of losing my mind 
uh, a few times where I just have to be like, all right, you need to go for a walk and like get the hell out of your house. Yeah. Because in Canada, it's been like pretty locked down. You know, I mean, where we live, it's it's different across the whole country. But in Vancouver, it, it's since December, it's been nobody can come in your home. I mean, you can go to restaurants and you can go to gyms and you can go do things. Even people go to the office, but you just can't have everyone in your home. So wow. it's a weird vibe, especially when people, most people are working from home. Right. So you can go out and have dinner with your friends and stuff, but that's not a popular activity. Sure. So it's been a weird year, the same as it's been for everyone. I don't know. I have friends who are in the States, and it's different for them because they have different norms in their communities. The norm in their community is more that you wear your mask in the grocery store, but you're still having like 20 people over every weekend or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's different. And even within... Because Florida's very much been that way. Yeah. Like, people in Florida are like, what, what do you mean? What pandemic? Yeah. Like, there was a pandemic? Yeah. But then, even within Florida, like, like we have a, a group of friends, and it hasn't been that at all. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's, we, we've been taking it real serious. Yeah. And have your bubble. Yeah, I got, got my bubble, and I, I uh, my, uh, my dad has, uh, has, like, advanced stage Parkinson's disease. And so I, I've literally, since March of 2020, I've seen my dad three times. Oh, wow. And that's been hard. He only lives 45 minutes away from me. But it's, yeah, it's it's been it's been different for sure. And that's, yeah, that's no way to live, really. Yeah. But uh, just circling back um, yeah. to the film aspect. Um, so when you're working, like, as a DP on these commercial shoots, are you using the same equipment that you use when you make surf film? No. I mean... Yes and no. Maybe you're using similar, it changes. Maybe you're using a similar camera, but you're using different lenses and you have, you know, maybe you're hooked up five monitors to your picture. You know, maybe you have a sound person, whereas usually in filming and surfing, you don't have somebody doing sound for you. And sure. There's, there's usually way more gear. I feel like on surf trips now, I've, I've stripped down to like nothing. Yeah. I'm like trying to go on surf trips with handy with like a handy cam. Yeah. Because I'm like with surf trips, you want like your red or like something that's going to shoot surfing that gives you at least like an option to do 120 frames per second or you're shooting 4K for like surfing, you want to be able to whatever, get to like 600 mil or you want to be able to be tight. But then all the half the best stuff on surf trips is like not the waves it's just like what people are doing and for all those situations it's like the best thing you can have is a handy cam because if you set up the (laughs) red camera or if you set up a you know a more expensive rig which has like a bunch of stuff off it then people get stiff or it's like it's such a production every time you want to shoot sure whereas i now just use the red and and it's like pretty stripped down but I do film a lot of stuff with the handy cam just so that I can like document people being themselves without it being like some, you know, some we're shooting lifestyles or something. Yeah. Yeah. Because then people are like, okay, I'm going to act how I <laughs> like whatever my persona is. So do you ever foresee a day when, when surf films will have that level of uh, production? I think they do now. I think that, it's all like WSL and like stuff that is sponsored by like Jeep or Audi or somebody who's got a big enough budget and like a producer or a director involved who is like used to how you do things professionally. 
I think that those productions exist within surfing for sure. And then you have people who just have like a GoPro that they talk into and they have the most views of anyone. Yeah. Like those like YouTube vloggers probably have 5 million more views than like a WSL or whoever has budget to create some sort of like high production or high, uh, high budget surf production. I would, I would imagine that it doesn't even matter now as much as the, the same as always. It's like, what's the, who's who am I looking at what am I watching yeah Doesn't, I don't know if I care about the quality of it it's interesting too because for, for the amount of production value that the WSL puts into their events into their they're, they're producing content on a regular basis now the WSL as a whole doesn't seem to be doing that great yeah. um, they just they canceled the big wave tour this year um, actually what's your thoughts on that as a, as a as a, a, a video, you know, videographer, filmographer, like what's your thoughts on that? Is that, I think the more, care? <laughs> I think the more the merrier probably with surfing. It's like, I want to see my friends be able to live as professional surfers and live that dream. And if the world tour fails, then it's probably not great for the brands and the whole industry. So I think, whatever it takes to make the industry operate and uh, provide for a lot of my friends yeah, and people I know, then yeah, what I, like whatever it takes because it, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I like watching surf events when I know they're, when the waves are going to be good. Sure. Like when the waves are good, I don't necessarily love the way that they score and how it works. Like I don't love the setup of it. Um, but I love watching live people like scoring like chopes or pipe or whatever and getting like, that's awesome. It's fun to watch because you become invested in some yeah. people, you know, and some people you just like, and you want them to win. And it's fun to watch big wave tours is awesome too. Like those are, those are cool people who are like, want to realize like a pretty awesome dream. So it sucks for them. Yeah. What's your thoughts about the, them rearranging the tour and starting with pipe and ending at lowers? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I haven't met one person yet <laughs> that thinks that that was a good idea. I don't understand that at all. I don't want to, I want to end with somebody <coughs> getting um, barreled opposed to somebody doing like a, a carve or whatever, a layback or something. Yeah. Wanna yeah. End, I wanna, it should end at like chokes or something. It should end with death defying waves. Yeah, that's never going to happen at low. And if somebody's going to be chaired up, <laughs> if somebody's going to be chaired up at the beach for like a world title, you'd want it to be a, probably a pipe. Yeah, just for the show of it all, it makes more sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, on any of these uh, movies that you've done, whether it was Sea Wolf or or working on Boogeyman mm-hmm. or uh, that trip with uh, Valerum, you know, for Hail Mary, um, the, uh, the the title of the podcast is Surf Stories and. Oh. Uh, and part of the premise of why Kevin and I wanted to start it in the first place was as for me, like growing up, like the best surf stories I've ever heard were like in the parking lot or on a trail down to a beach yeah. where somebody just said, oh, my God, we just went on this trip a few weeks ago and this crazy thing happened. Yeah. So t- tell us some of your like crazy adventures on some of these trips that you've done for oh, film. Um, what can I even think of? Um, crazy stories. Damn, you should have Ball on your podcast because he's 
got a lot of crazy stories. Done. What's his number? Okay. I'll send him over <laughs> to you. He, he'd be and, happy to do it. Uh, well, and also, we were totally putting you on the spot, by the <laughs> way. It's not like we gave you any warning on this one, but we... Uh, it's really making me think hard, though, about what I'm considering being crazy. Because I'm now I'm just like, did anyone almost die? Well, yeah, exactly. Like, those are always... That's a good barometer. <laughs> yeah, someone almost died. Dramatic. Uh, they're just not they're just not that interesting. I feel like I almost got a we almost buried a truck in like up in like Alaska at like surfing some wave in Alaska. A rental we, truck? This yeah, is a good. rental truck. A rental truck. It could be really funny. Yeah. All right, let's go with that. Yeah, I mean I hate to tell you, but we ended up getting the truck out of there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Um I don't know. You know, there's been a lot of I just don't even want to like talk about it because it's just bad, but there's been a lot of like semi, like a lot of sharky incidents on trips, like weird places like South Island, New Zealand. And I mean, not so weird, but like West Oz and, um, I just how close are we talking? I I mean, just like seeing them in the water yikes, and then deciding not to go surfing. So even that so many people have experienced for an Australian, that's like every day. Right, yeah, it's exactly. Not, that's not exciting at all. It's like a Floridian every day, but it's yeah, it's like a, Floridian. a little different. Like a third of the size. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, no. In New Zealand, they're like uh, they're they, they're like forty foot great whites. I don't know, <laughs> South Island, New Zealand. Um, oh, what is crazy? <laughs> we completely put you on the spot. Don't worry about it. And uh, no, because I gotta have something. I know there's something out I there. I like it. All right. We can edit out silence all day long for the record. Um, Not so crazy, but I mean, maybe for some people this is crazy, but we went up to uh, Dropbox, which is a wave. Uh, It's about a four hour boat ride from Tofino north. It's like the most it's the most photographed wave on Tofino. That's like a slab. And we were up there and it was me and Pete DeVries uh chippa wilson again a different trip years years before and noah cohen who's another canadian guy who rides for rip curl and jeremy kareski who's a photographer and we went to we went to sleep one night after like hanging out by the fire we got waves we got amazing waves all day hung out by the fire we go to bed i was sharing a tent with chippa and then in the middle of the night he woke me up and we had already been talking all these stories about cougars and bears to really scare him. But he woke me up in the middle of the night and he was like, Hey, like, get up, get up. And I'm like, what's going on, man? Like half asleep. Like what's up? And he's like, there's a, there's a, an animal outside the tent. I think it's a cougar. Like it's really big and it's, it's circling around the tent. And I'm like, just go back to sleep. It's all good. Like just saying like nothing to him. And he continued to like try to wake me and was like freaking out. And I didn't have any of it, and I went back to bed. But he stayed up from, like, 2 a.m. all the way until we woke up in the morning shaking in the tent. And he was fully convinced that there was a cougar outside the tent or, like, a bear or something because he was, like, so adamant on this, like, insane evening of, like, hiding in this tent and trying to get me to pay attention and get everyone to wake up because of this animal. But... That wasn't that crazy because I never saw it, but he was convinced. Like, he literally didn't sleep at all. Wow. He was, like, in the morning, he was shook up. He was pale. 
And no conclusion. Like, we don't know. No conclusion. I mean, uh, for sure it could have been anything. Like, where we camp is right on a bear trail. So, like, bears are always going by. But it's mainly black bears. And black bears don't really want anything to do with you. So, if they smell you from a ways away, they'll just detour. But I've definitely been filming out on the rocks there and have been terrified of just, like, looking out towards the waves and there's nobody on shore because everyone you're with is either in the water is probably in the water and just like standing like pointing my camera on the rocks with my back face and just getting jumped by a cougar because people who have there was a guy like a summer before who was kayaking on the coast and he went in just to like take a pee on the rocks and like got jumped by a cougar in like five minutes of oh, there's wow. a lot of like stories like that and especially in those zones where you're just you're so far away from everyone and anything that you kind of kind of you have to think about that as a reality that you know not likely but it's a reality now i'm gonna say that in typical canadian fashion you're downplaying something that most people would see as incredibly <laughs> legit and scary oh, yeah. and i can remember i can remember listening to an interview that you did i think it was with the lockdown surf film festival and you described the making of Sea Wolf, and you're like, yeah, like surfing in in Canada and Alaska is like no big deal. <laughs> it's not cold. You put on a wetsuit, you're warm. Yeah. So yeah, like I'm gonna say you're you're <laughs> way underselling this. Well, but, you guys got bobcats here. Don't well, you? I have a feeling too. You guys think about bears the way we the way we in like Central Florida think about sharks. Yeah, we like see, sharks. We see sharks all the time. Yeah. yeah like I can remember um, when I worked in the surf industry, and some of my like managers and bosses would come out from California. We'd surf at Smyrna and they, we'd see a bull shark and they, they literally just paddle straight to the beach. And I'd be like, it's not that close to yeah. us. It's like 20 feet away, you know? Yeah. So yeah, you guys probably think about bears the same way, but when you guys go on these trips to these remote places <laughs> uh, where you are that far away from any kind of medical help or anything like that, do you guys bring a gun? <coughs> Excuse me. Um, Sometimes, uh, Raph Brewiler maybe may have a gun, but that'll probably just be for hunting deer. Okay. Yeah, not really, not really a gun for uh, protection from from wild. Some people do, but I've never. I have like a. I'll have like a hunting knife. Yeah. But even that is like it's not going to save me at all. Sure. That's more for just camping. And how about like culturally up there? Is that the kind of like if is that is there a cultural stigma like if you went on that trip and you took a gun and you encountered a bear and you shot and killed a bear is there a cultural stigma there because we run into that in central florida where yeah. people are like oh my god you killed a shark like you're an asshole yeah if you shot a bear and it wasn't attacking you'd have to have a you'd have to have a story with it yeah if you shot a bear you'd have to have been like i was scared for my life yeah because yeah. bears are so commonplace that it's be like why the hell would you go out of your way to shoot a bear you can say fuck on the yeah this, by the way. <laughs> but it's so like I'm f more from the city, you know. I grew up in the city, sure. in Toronto, and I moved out west for college. And then during college and the years after, I became close with people who all grew up on the coast. And for them, it's like, you know, everything is normal. Where it'd be like insane to you. Like I was talking to a friend of mine, Rye Cam, who's one of his dad's friends is missing an eye, and I was like, how's how did he lose his eye? And he was like, oh, when he was a baby, uh, he was out in the yard and a bald eagle 
tried to take him away and grabbed him by his skull. What? And his like talon went into what? his eye, and that's how he lost his oh eye. Oh my god! And the and the kid, and the guy's mom had like swatted at the eagle and he dropped the baby. And I'm just like, <laughs> what? This is like that was like a you know that was he said that he told me that story very like passively you know yeah and I was like that's insanity wow. and you know everyone has um work on a project that's about this this is completely off topic but work on this project is about this woman who lived on the coast of bc her name is cougar annie and she uh lived um in this little harbor sort of zone north of tofino from the late 1800s up until 1970s early 1980s uh-huh. and she lived pretty much by herself she had husbands who mysteriously died <laughs> but she was um she was a bounty hunter and she was she killed cougars and bears who were like either eating people's livestock or whatever i don't know why but she had like this is a real person who had wow. like, a garden and lived there through like the early 1900s which is like an insane time especially there when there was like not many people the only people there were loggers yeah this is a woman and um oh man there's a lot of amazing folklore about her and and amazing stories because she lived up until the 80s so you know wow but she and- was like this incredible character who was a, yeah bounty hunter for cougars and bears and like had killed over like 150 cougars in her life and Wow. Yeah, just an intense character. But that's like, yeah, that's how people live up there. Now it's obviously different, but sure. Like that is a it's a part of them. So I first time I saw orca whales, I was just like, This is the craziest thing I've ever seen. Like orcas like right there. Like this is I couldn't believe it. Yeah. And everybody I was with was like That's a wow. whale. And dude. they're like, Wow, cool. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah. Nice. It just yeah, it's an amazing place. Right on. Was that the what? Are, what was the question? Did I answer anything? Yeah, no, okay. I think we're good. I can't remember what the question was, so Just I like can't judge your answer. So, <laughs> so other than um, other than the the project you're working on with Ballroom, the Hail Mary film, like what else uh, from a surf standpoint? What else you got coming down the pipe? Um, uh, some television stuff that I also weirdly. This is this is lame, but like I also something I, I can't really talk about, but like a TV show that's has a surf aspect to it. Okay. Um, and it's more female driven, um, but should be something cool. It's it's just like mildly has a surf aspect to it, but other than that, nothing nothing really surf related other than Ball's project, which. I mean, I don't know. Is anyone doing anything? I do see some people are traveling around, but I would love to be doing something. Yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of people are not necessarily traveling, but a lot of people are just kind of looking around their own little zone, yeah. which a lot of times we don't do because it's always so enticing to jump on a plane and go somewhere else. Yeah. Um, but it's also it's, – it's just the pandemic in general – not from a surfing or a filming standpoint, but just in general, it's kind of forced us all to like look around the zone where we live and be like, well, this place is actually pretty cool. Oh yeah. So yeah. Like, you know, like let's do something creative here. Yeah. Um, so I mean, the pandemic's probably been great for that for everybody. Yeah. Appreciating home. Yeah, for sure. But I live so far from Tofino and that's like where the surf is and my friends who surf are and they're all, 
ha- there's already shooters living in Tofino, and it's like sure they had their pandemic projects, and so I felt like I kind of switched my attention to you know other things. Gotcha. And but I would I really just wanted to be working on balls film and get it done and do like what we had sort of scripted. Yeah. And that has proven to be a challenge in itself because I'm like trying to get guys from other places to do stuff for me. And um, it's been tricky. Well, with things lightening up, you know, you might be able to put a bookend on it. And yeah, uh, we're hoping, I don't know, November. Is that even possible? Maybe. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't want to say because I've, I feel like I put my foot in my mouth doing this before. Yeah. I'm like no. notoriously bad for. I'm just 100% like holding you out. to November. So yeah. whether you okay. like it or not, that would be great. No, <laughs> we'd love to have you the back. The re-edit of Boogeyman. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that it's just it's so tricky when you want something to be good and you just don't want to – I don't know. I The way I think about surf films and surfing stuff is like I'm not as worried about just like it being – that come out the day after that it was shot and being relevant to the swell and the timing of it as much as I just want to make stuff that's good. And I feel like good things take time. And this project is another one that I just, I'm not, I'm not going to rush because nobody's making me. And that's like the benefit of doing stuff like this is not having somebody be like, this needs to be done. Cause I'm so used to deadlines and so used to having to do things by a certain time that it's nice to have something that you're just like, you could just want to make good and the pandemic kind of screwed it though. Yeah. Well, I know, I mean, I know Seawolf was a two to three year project for you and, and that came out fantastic and uh, we really love that. And so we're super looking forward to the project that you're working on with ball and um, uh, whether it's November, December or 2022 or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. We can't wait to see that and love to have you and Ballerum down to the festival when it, when it is complete yeah, um, that'd be a great night, I think. And uh, so, yeah, we're just looking forward to that. And um, yeah, just stoked that you uh, had us down. For the record, we're down here at uh, in Jupiter, Florida, um, with uh, Ben's uh, parents at yeah. their house down here. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, um, thanks for hanging out and chatting with us. And uh, appreciate Thank your time. Thank you for having me. It's, I love hanging out with you guys. This is this has been this is awesome. Like cherry on top for our trip down here. Dude, yeah, always a pleasure to see you. Thank you for So thanks for joining us. Uh, it was a fun chat with uh, Ben Gulliver. And uh, had a nice uh, evening down here in Jupiter, Florida. Him and his fiance and his folks. Beautiful people. Yeah, yeah, it was good stuff. And we're looking forward to that new film uh, with Ballerum uh, coming out and hopefully have uh, Ball and Ben down to the festival. And uh, speaking of the festival, um, couldn't do any of it without our sponsors. And so just want to thank those guys, our presenting sponsor, Monster Energy, uh, Rourke Apparel, uh, Globe Footwear, uh, Yeti provides all of our cups, and uh, Advent Health. Um, Atlantic Center for the Arts is the beautiful campus that uh, we get to do the festival at. Um, Dragon Eyewear, Red Dog Surf Shop. Um, we've got great supporters, and so just want to say thanks to those guys for that. Absolutely. We uh, really are looking forward to this next podcast. Uh, we've actually already recorded it. We got together with Dan Norkunis and Albie Lair. 
Um, I was in Maui, so I uh, I got to uh, meet up with Albie and his dad and played some golf with his dad. That was pretty fun. Yeah, yeah, that looked epic. I saw the photos. Dude, what a classic, classic guy. And uh, so, yeah, we'll just look for that podcast. That'll be coming out uh, sooner than normal since it's already in the can. All right. So thanks for joining us. And, uh, yeah, we'll look for you next time. Silver is hot, a million seeds, she's so in.